Good morning, and we welcome to the program once again the mayor of the city of Batesville, Mike Bettis, for his monthly uh, visit with us. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. As always, we appreciate your time. And, uh, of course, uh, Board of Works and City Council meeting uh, Monday night. And uh, once again, uh, Board of Works uh, had um, four uh, road closures slash uh, parking lot closures to consider. That's right. And, and so this is something that we tend to take up every month. There's almost always somebody who has an event or has an, an outing or has a uh, something that they're wanting to do and... A lot of them turn out to be 5K, uh, which are many times fundraisers for different groups. And, and so this month we had, again, as you already mentioned, four different events. Um, a couple of three of them were, I'll say, usual events. Uh, the, uh, the Halloween parade, which is put on by the American Legion, is something that has happened. I, I'm, I may be wrong on this. I think somebody told me it's like 80 years that they have sponsored the Halloween parade and which ends up here at the Memorial building and then over at the fire station. And so there's, that has gone on for many years. And so that was one of the items they brought to the board of works. Another one was the United Methodist church has a Turkey dinner, Thanksgiving dinner every year. And so this year it's on Saturday, November 12th. And so they like to close off a portion of South street so as to control the traffic coming, coming in and picking up, uh, it's, uh, their dinners and getting people through as quickly as possible. And, and so it, closing South street is relatively easy for us to do. And so that was another one. Um, the third item is a much bigger event. And so the, um, the chamber of commerce has a, its annual Christmas parade. And then the city also has a tree lighting ceremony that we have done. And, and so a few years back, we combined the two events into one, one night, uh, which seems to have worked and seems to have been very effective for folks. And so uh, that takes up some space in downtown. And so we use Inspiration Park, uh, the women's park, as kind of the home base for the tree lighting event. And then the chamber parade, which actually goes off before the tree lighting event, then makes its usual route around downtown and goes around the square and then ends up back um, back at Inspiration Park again. And so that is kind of an all-day, uh, all-night all event. And I believe that is on December 1st, I think it is, or December 2nd this year. And so that's a Friday night. And so that's kind of a big event for us and one that uh, there's a whole lot of planning that goes into it. So we'll close off the parking lot from about 3 to 8.30, and we'll close off the streets around downtown area from about, normally it's from about 5 to 7 by the time the parade gets through. So there will be a lot happening in downtown that night, and so we encourage people to come out and be a part of it. So that was the the third item on the list. And then the last one was was somewhat of a, an, a usual or annual request. Margaret Mary Health runs a program and has a 5k twice a year once in the spring once in the fall which they call their girls on the run and this is a an event that they've had for a number of years now and so and for the last for as long as i can remember it's always been at liberty park and so this year margaret mary health is asked to move it from liberty park up to what i'll call the north side park freedom park and then also to their campus and so their campus where they have the outpatient cancer center 
Uh, it will be kind of the home base for it this year. And so they want their, so it's a totally new route for them. I think they're going to start in uh, going ar- around the pond out there by the cancer center and then going through quail meadows out to the Berean Baptist church, then back up uh, uh, towards freedom park through freedom park, then around their, their pond or at their track around the, their retention pond and then end up there at the cancer center again. So uh, this is a totally new um, route for them, which will be a little bit different and certainly different for the folks who live in quail meadows. Cause it, there's, there's, we've really not had many five K's or walks running through that neighborhood yet. So that's something new and different for this year. And so those are the four events for this year or for this month. And, and so uh, the Board of Works did, did approve all four events this year. All right. And then, uh, of course, uh, moving on to the uh, city council meeting. And, uh, of course, this was uh, mentioned in the news uh, yesterday morning, the uh, city court discussion. Yes. And so the city court discussion is something that actually started three years ago, and it came up during the budget hearings that uh, the questioning of, about the, the, the usage, how much a court is used, how much it costs, and so this, uh, and at that point, we found out that they're really, uh, you, you, can, you can only close a city court in the year before an election cycle. And so for the municipal elections are, uh, this go around are in 2023. And so the law is very specific and says, and if you want to um, eliminate your city court, you have to do it the year before. So in this case, it's 2022. And, and, and there's good reasoning behind that. They want to make sure then that um, people don't go out and try and start trying to campaign to become the next city judge if you're about to eliminate the city court. And, and so this is something that came up a few years back. At the time, the timing was wrong to do it. Now's the, the correct year to be having this discussion. So we started this discussion last month, and and council had a chance to talk about it and then we realize that the process for closing it is very skimpy it's very simple uh there's and it felt like it really needed to have more of a public hearing or have an opportunity for the public to be heard and so last month we asked the media folks if they would be so kind as to put out the word to everyone that this is something that city council is interested in in talking about and trying to determine if it if there is still a a need for the city court and how much it's being used and and what we should be doing with it. Now, there's some expense involved with the city court, um, and then but there's also some benefits for a city court. And so it's trying to balance what the, those are is what city council's res, wrestling with. And so they they um, asked last month, hey, if, if if you're interested or if you have an opinion, share it with us. Um, and, and so that word got out. I know I had somebody who contacted me. It was actually somebody from outside of the city of Batesville who reached out to me and said, hey, there, there is a need for the surrounding communities if they have an, an infraction in their community and they want it, it to be heard. It could be heard in, in the Batesville city court, even though it may happen in Milan or Sunman or Osgood, that there was there's still a possibility it could be heard at our court and it would certainly be easier uh is obviously quicker because it's there's not as much on the on the docket here there's not many as many cases happening in Batesville 
And so it would be able to be heard on uh, much more quickly if, if this Batesville City Court was here. Um, and so that is an option. It's an option today, and unfortunately, people aren't really using it. Unfortunately, that there has not been a, a we are not getting a lot, um, very many cases at all from those other communities to be heard uh, here in our city, in our city court by our city judge. Um, and so, I'm not sure if that I'm sh it's a possibility, but it's not being used. And and so that's the real question about the city court itself is it's just not being used enough. And is it, do you still provide this service if it's not being used to its full extent? And so that's, uh, I know that was the only comment that I'd gotten. Um, I believe um, Mr. Eargang uh, had gotten a couple of uh, responses. I think he actually went out and was handpicking people and trying to grab people and say, hey, what do you think about this? Um, and I don't remember there being anyone else who, that raised their hand uh, Monday night and said, hey, I, I heard this. I think uh, Councilman Fritch had, had, had mentioned that he had had some conversations with folks, but they all seemed to be uh, questioning the need for a city court. Uh, and so at this point, uh, also on Monday night, they decided that they wanted me to, to pull it together an ordinance that they could then take up next month that would uh, would potentially abolish the city court. So we had, I don't, out of the ordinary for us, we only had three members Monday night. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the first time that's happened in a long time. I think even through all through COVID, I think we had, uh, when we had meetings, uh, public meetings, that we had members uh, in attendance. And so for whatever reason, scheduling-wise, we only had three. So it was a wrong night to be voting on something like that. And so... Um, we'll bring an ordinance next month and we'll have all five, hopefully have all five members and then they can debate it again. So that, so they've had the chance to debate this a couple times. And so hopefully then they'll be ready to take it as a first hearing and decide if it's something they want to do, or if that's something they, they want to leave alone and let it be just the way it is. So there's decision has not been made. And so if you, if you have an opinion, if you're somebody who's used the court and you think it's valuable, uh, now would be a good time to raise your hand or, or reach out to one of us and give us uh, some input. Um, uh, that way everyone can make an informed decision on how people feel about it, but we'd like to decide is it something that still provides value to the, to our community and is it uh, worth the investment that we put into it. All right. And then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. We'll continue our conversation with Batesville Mayor Mike Bettis right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our monthly visit with the mayor of Batesville, Mike Bettis. And uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, moving on in the council meeting, um, also a uh, discussion uh, regarding the uh, umbrella structure, which was uh, kind of a follow-up from last month. That's right. And so uh, last month, uh, there was a resolution that was brought forward uh, to council uh, in regards to ARPA funds, American Rescue Plan funds. And so that 
um, at that point they um, passed a resolution that included money for both the skate park and for purchasing of the what we call the temporary structure that, ho- that is holding up the Umbrella Sky art display downtown. And so it was it's a real in my opinion i think it's a beautiful structure i think even it is a piece of art myself others don't see it that way others think of think of it in a more derogatory fashion we all have our own opinion of art yep. right and that's so that's right. that's okay uh and so it was they wanted us to uh, have a conversation with the people from the batesville area arts council and and see if we could come to an agreement on potentially purchasing it because um, the thought process was that it was something that had brought people to Batesville, uh, was being used even by the people of Batesville for different events, concerts, uh, concerts, uh, different musical performance. Uh, I think there were some kids who have been have done dance recital things out there, and so it's been used in a variety of different ways. And so it's one of those things that has proven that it that that space is valuable to us and is a place for the community to gather and to have small events. And uh, I think at council was trying to figure out, find a way to keep that going, to keep that space alive, to keep using that space. Uh, but a, an option was suggested about potentially turning it a, a more permanent structure instead of this temporary structure that was out there. And so um, I had a conversation with folks from the Batesville Area Arts Council they were very generous and said, uh, we want you to do what is best for the city of Batesville. And they, too, thought maybe a more permanent structure was a better option for that space. And so that's one of the things that we're going to be looking into is in, uh, getting some professional help, getting uh, uh, someone to come and help us look at it and say, yep, there's room in this space to, to put something that the folks from, from the farmer's market could use on Saturday mornings when if it rains that they can still set up and be under somewhat of a shelter to be out of the rain so people can still come up and purchase their fruits and vegetables or, or whatever goods are being offered that day. And so that is, uh, uh, so that's certainly a, a need for that space. Uh, there's also a, a desire to have potentially a, a small structure that would have I'll almost say like a grandstand or a place for a, a music to be performed or a play to be dis, to be performed and and with a small roof structure over it and then maybe some bathrooms that people public bathrooms that people can use and so there's a, a couple three different things that people are interested in, in having investigated to see if we can't figure out a way to use that space more effectively um depending upon who you talk to uh, some people will say we have way more parking spaces than what we need in this in downtown batesville uh, but invariably if you talk to any business owner and you say hey we may want to change the use of these parking spaces into something else uh, generally causes a little angst um, but at, at the end of the day we still have lots of parking available in downtown lots of parking uh, and so trying to find a way to make that uh, say more multi-purpose to give it some other options that can be used is certainly something that council wanted uh, wants to investigate and wants to have an opportunity maybe to do something that's more permanent that then would allow that to be a, a, a space that more groups can use and 
still be able to um, uh, do something that would be fun and and something that would be uh, that would have a long-term effect on the city of Batesville. So, so I'm in the process now of trying to work through uh, uh, trying to find someone who can help us with that, and so that's one of my tasks here for the next month or so is to work work on that to get that something pulled together so we can start seeing if if there's enough room to do all those things in that one space and so it's and then if we can come up with a plan how much does it cost how what does it look like all those things might follow but first it's a matter of finding finding the, the right help to get us get it started Okay, so it's basically a consultant would be coming in. On yeah, there would be some yeah. sort of a consultant. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't have the skill set to do it myself, mm-hmm. and, and so we're much better off if we find somebody who has done this and and, the, and can help us uh, understand the pluses and the minuses and how to get through it. All right, and then uh, moving on, uh, another thing is uh, we had talked about the city court discussion and the fact that m- next year the municipal elections – and then uh, another thing that affects it is uh, redistricting, again, based on the uh, 2020 census, and, uh, and that was um, approved on the uh, second reading. That's right. And so this is something that only happens once every 10 years, right? And, and, and so in this go-round, the census was performed uh, by the federal government in the year 2020, and they put together a map then that shows where, every, where everyone lives, and how many people are in, in each different geographic areas? Uh, I believe, if I if I have this correct, it's that this is outside of my realm. But last year, the counties all had to do their districting to get their areas leveled up. And so this year, is the municipal groups had to get ours done. And so uh, the, the state law is very precise and says that you have to have this done by I think it was November eighth. And so this is something we started a few months back to get it pulled together. And, um, and so the, we've, we're, make, we're making a slight change to it. We're flip-flopping a couple areas between de- council districts three and four so as to make it uh, – we'll have one, one council district, which will be nothing but Franklin County. That will be council district four. Uh, and so – uh, council districts one and two have absolutely no changes to them at all, and so it's a, and then council district three and four are flip flopping a section of Ripley County and Franklin County. So now council district four will be nothing but uh, Franklin County, and council district three will be nothing but Ripley County. And we're hoping then that makes it easier for the county election officials then to come up with a ballot that fits just for. Ripley County or for Franklin County than for the three in Ripley County. And so the key to all this is that there is, since Batesville grew in that census, we went from about 6,500 in 2010 to now we're over 7,202 people. And so when we crossed over that 7,000 population threshold, it state law then prescribes that you can only vote in, for the council person in your district. And so let me explain. I live out in Hillendale, which is is currently Council District 1 and will continue to be Council District number 1. In the 2023 election, I would be allowed to vote for the mayor, for the clerk treasurer, a judge if if we still have a judge, the council member at large, 
and I'll get to vote for council district number one. But I would not get to vote for council districts two, three, or four because we've crossed this threshold over 7,000 people. And so uh, this is how it's done all across the state of Indiana that people, uh, you only get to vote for one council district, the one you live in, so that you can then, uh, it makes it a little bit easier for people running, I think. Um, well, when you're running for mayor, you have to, you still have to go and get votes from all, all the council districts all across the city, but, uh, and so if you only li if you li currently live in council district two, you would still be in two, but you would again you would vote for mayor, clerk, treasurer, judge, council at large, and then you would vote for council district number two. And so it's it'll be a diff it'll be different for all of us next year. And so that's part of it is to get those evened up. And so with this new plan with, with flip-flopping sections of three and four, we now will have, um, if, if you have 7,200 people and you divide that by four, each council district was supposed to be somewhere around 1,800 people and with a 10% leeway plus or minus. And so with this plan, we meet all, this, all those requirements. They're, they're evened up again. If we would not have changed them, the council district four which includes i'm sorry council district three today which includes portions of batesville and ripley county and then everything across the interstate that was out in arlington farmington was way over 1800 like 2100 and so it was way above what the law prescribed for that 10 percent that you, fluctuation you can possibly have and so that we had to make a change and so this seemed to be a very simple change, and um, we've been able to do it with, without too much fuss or muss. We were lucky how it worked out, that the numbers worked out just right so we could get it fit in. And so for the most, most people will not see, won't really recognize a change, but it might, there will be sections that will be slightly different. All right. So uh and again, uh, that was a uh, second reading on uh, Monday night on uh, redistricting for next year's municipal elections. And, uh, and uh, looking ahead also uh, real briefly, the um, employee salary and hourly rates uh, received a second reading, as did the elected, elected officials' uh, salaries as well on Monday night. So. Yes, and so that's something that is part of the budgeting process that we're going through. Um, Paul's been working on this now for a month or so, uh, two months, trying to get it to a point where we can – get our budget put together for 2023 and and the biggest part of our budget is is salaries for employees if you look at salaries benefits that that is by far the biggest portion of our budget and so each year we look at the inflation rates to make sure that we're keeping up that our employees are keeping up with the inflation the best we can this year the um the inflation rate is a little bit higher it's uh, up to it was up to 9.1 and so in looking at the budget, uh, Paul's been able to put together a budget then that, that will give the employees a 6.5% raise for the starting the year 2023 uh, that has minimal impact upon uh, property tax. And so a lot of the money that the city get, receives from the state or for the county, it comes through property tax. And, and so property tax and income tax are the two biggest drivers of our um, of our revenues and so we um he's been able to craft it in such a way that the property tax will only go up two percent which is much better than a nine percent inflation rate and at the same time 
we're able, also then able to give our employees, in my opinion, a very great, a very good raise, a six and a half percent. It may not quite be nine percent this go round, but it, we're doing our best to try to keep up. And, and as I've been saying for the last few months, we're trying to find that right balance of how do we take care of the taxpayers. And then how do we take care of our employees and trying to be fair to both groups at the same time? Uh, it is a, somewhat of a juggling act, uh, but we think we've got a good plan for it. And so the, those, the, the salaries for next year then were approved by council. So now Paul can, can start or finish up the process of getting his budget put together so that we can then hopefully bring it back to council then in October for them to look at as a whole. All right. Well, very good. Well, as always, uh, Mr. Mayor, we appreciate your time this morning and uh, look forward to uh, once again uh, doing this again next month. So again, uh, thank you, uh, Batesville Mayor Mike Best, for joining us on the air this morning. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate having this opportunity. Um, we don't have many people attend our meetings. And so uh, this month we had two, one who came to speak on behalf uh, or for the city of city to keep a, a judge and keep the court going another one who came and sat and was part of, and listened to the meeting and so we not a whole lot of people there and so this is my best opportunity to get that word out to people and so i i appreciate you giving me this opportunity to share with everybody what's happening and what's going on and so thank you